0: would and turn to Proverbs chapter number 16, Proverbs chapter number 16. We're going to enter now into our Bible study time, which is the most important time of the evening. And if you're one of the folks out there in the congregation that had received a visitor card, be sure to see Mr. Kim in the blue shirt in the back and get that visitor card to him. Let me encourage you to do that. Uh, that would be a blessing to all of us. If you want to send you something in the mail, just encourage you to hope we can be a blessing Alright, you're in Proverbs chapter number 16. Give me a moment to get my bearings here. This evening we'll be discussing. This evening we'll be discussing the sin of pride. The sin of pride. Find Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18, and we're going to look at that in just a moment. Uh, we're going to be speaking on this problem of pride. I'm looking at all of you. And how many of you would say, I struggle, I have a problem with pride. By uplifted hand, you would raise your hand and say, I have a problem with pride. Raise your hand if you struggle with pride. All alright, okay, you guys so, can put your hands down. And for uh, those of you who raise your hands, I am preaching to you. But to those of us who didn't raise your hands, I'm especially preaching to you, okay? And in all seriousness, pride is a problem that we all wrestle with. And uh, those who don't think they have the problem of pride probably have more of it. Proverbs 16 and verse 18 reads right there in your Bible. Black paper, uh, the white page there. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. The Word of God reads, Pride goeth before destruction, and a an haughty spirit before a fall. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Now, there's a difference between confidence and pride. There's a difference between confidence and pride. Let me illustrate. To be strong in the Lord, you could say, uh, my confidence is in, the, is in the Lord. That's a sure foundation. We are depending on a foundation that will not move, that will not change. We serve uh, an unchanging Christ in an ever-changing world. Uh, we can be confident. We can depend on God. That is not a bad thing. But to be proud, but to be a prideful, to be full of pride is to depend on my ability or to depend on your ability. Hey, my hand was raised just earlier. I struggled with pride too. There's not a single person in this room uh, that does not struggle with the problem of pride. In my estimation, uh, there is no other sin. This is a very dangerous sin that, in my estimation, is doing more to pull back revival uh, than any other sin. It's doing more to destroy homes than any other sin. It's doing more to ruin this nation than any other sin. It's causing more Christians to live in failure and defeat than any other sin. And it's filling hell more than any other sin. Put it down in your hearts. It's dangerous. And the worst thing about it is that it's deceitful. The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked who can know it. Many people will say, oh, trust your heart. Just follow your heart. But the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked who can know it. Now, many people who are infected and infested with pride have no idea that they are. There's at least a benefit and a bliss to being a drunkard because the drunkard knows he's a drunkard. The thief knows he's a thief. Uh, But many times the proud person does not realize or recognize that he or she is proud. As a matter of fact, the proud person is often very proud of his humility. It's kind of catchy, isn't it? There was a Sunday school teacher that was teaching that lesson in the Bible about the publican and the Pharisee. In Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14, the publican would not even lift his head to God as he prayed. He wouldn't even lift his head. And so uh, what happened was, in the story, he smote his breast and he said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And what that's saying in that tense is not saying, uh, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, any old sinner. He was saying, God, be merciful uh, to me, the sinner, the worst of the worst. The publican knew that before God, his uh, righteousness, his goodness, his best efforts were as filthy rags. God saw his, his 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 walking old ladies across the street and his kindness to other people as nothing but filthy rags. But the Pharisee, the churchgoer, the one who put his suit and tie on in the morning at 8 a.m. and uh, went to the church down Main Street, he said he stood, he prayed. And he said, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like this tax collector. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. Why, I fast, I tithe, I do all these things. And Jesus said, one man went home justified rather than the other. One man went home justified uh, rather uh, than the other. And so uh, if you remember, this Sunday school teacher, this Sunday school teacher was teaching this lesson and uh, she thought to herself, she'd done a wonderful job. Come on in, come on in. We have, we have many seats all over, you can sit anywhere. And um, uh, Brother, Brother Kim, great, good. And so um, uh, this Sunday school teacher was teaching this lesson, so she thought she did a great job and when she finished, she beamed a lookout at the scholars and students in her class. And she said, uh, children, aren't you glad that we're not like that old Pharisee? Aren't you glad that we're not like that old Pharisee? Now you see, in this case, she was proud of her humility It's a very dangerous thing to become proud of your humility. And the Bible has a lot to say about pride. Now, we need to learn what pride is not. Pride is not having a good self-image. Don't get the idea, if you have a good self-image, that you're proud. Not so. I want to tell you something, that in Jesus, you are somebody. In Jesus, you're somebody. It's Bible truth. I hear people uh, talking about the fact that we're just sinners saved by grace. And while that is technically true, that is not Uh, Necessarily, the Bible description of you, the Bible description of you is in 2 Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty-one. The righteousness of God in Christ by His grace—that's what the Bible calls you and me if we have accepted Christ as our personal Savior. And you are somebody, Uh, Jesus. uh, In John chapter thirteen, verses three through five, the Bible says, "Jesus, knowing that He came from God and went to God, He laid aside His garments." He took a towel, he girded himself, and washed the disciples' feet. That is humility, not thinking lowly of himself. He knew that he came from God, he was going to God, but knowing all of that, he washed his disciples' feet. So pride is not a good self-image. Humility is not thinking lowly of yourself, it is not thinking of yourself at all. Pride is not gratefulness for a job well done. We say about an individual, oh, he takes pride in his work. You ought to, if you sweep the floor, you got to sweep out the corners also and do a good job. That's not the kind of pride I'm talking about. Uh, um, When when a job is well done and you get recognition or or when you're grateful for the grades of a child uh, makes and so forth, we're not talking about that when we talk about pride. What is pride? I tell you that pride is the most destructive thing in the universe. So don't check me out now. This pertains to you. What is pride? Number one, first of all, pride is an attitude of independence from God. Pride is an attitude of independence from God. I don't need you, God. Stay out of my life. I don't need you. I can handle it myself, a spirit of independence from God the man who wrote the poem Invictus, he said, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. I feel like saying, Captain, your ship is sinking. (laughs) Okay, Uh, an attitude of independence from God. You say, well, Pastor Kevin, I don't have that. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you pray regularly? You say, well, I don't pray as much as I ought to. You know why we don't pray? Your your prayerlessness, listen, please. Your prayerlessness is not your great problem. Your great problem is that you don't feel the need to. Uh, Come on, you don't feel the need to. You say, well, I can handle it. Everything's going fine. Our prayerlessness is really a spirit of independence from God. And if I'm wrestling with prayerlessness and you're wrestling with prayerlessness, may I tell you that what we're really wrestling with is pride. Pride is the spirit of independence from God, and it's an attitude. And following along with that is the spirit of ungratefulness to God when God has blessed us. Because think of our lives here in British Columbia. We have so many good things, right? So many wonderful things. And so, um, you know, we act like oftentimes that we've deserved, we've deserved it, or we've earned um, all these things. Uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul wrote in the Bible, he he wrote to all of us this penetrating question. What have you, uh, what do you have that you've not received first? What do you have that you've not received? You say to yourself, well, I worked for it. But but who gave you the ingenuity to work? Who gave you the wherewithal, the strength, the energy? Who gave you all of that? Uh, What was it? uh, Was it you? Was it you who created all of that? No, you and I don't have one blessed thing that we've not received. Say amen, amen. Uh, You know that's true. What is pride? Pride is also esteeming yourself and myself better than other people. Do you think that because you've achieved certain things in your life or have certain things that you're better than somebody else? No, pride esteems oneself uh, better than others. Well, let's see if we can just tighten the focus a little bit more, Uh, just a little bit before I tell you about the five terrible things, the five terrible ways that pride will destroy your life. Let's take a test and see. Someone's given this list of indicators for a proud person. First of all, a proud person becomes irritated when corrected for mistakes. Hello? (laughs) Number two, a proud person accepts praise for things over which he or she has no control, like beauty, like talent, like abilities. Those are gifts. And when you and I begin to accept praise for things over which we have no control, the Bible teaches that that is pride. Number three, pride will not admit mistakes. There's always an excuse. There's always an alibi. There's always an attempt to justify oneself. And pride says when there's a disagreement, all right, I can get along without you. And you ever feel that way towards somebody else? Uh, what, what, What that is is really pride. And so pride refuses to take counsel and to learn from other people as an ungrateful spirit for all that God has done. And it often shows itself in competition with other people. Pride does not want more. Listen, please. Pride does not want more. Pride wants more than somebody else. Pride does not want more, it wants more than somebody else. C.S. Lewis once wrote, uh, he once said, um, uh, and I want to uh, share this with you, I copied it down, he said, pride gets no pleasure out of having something, only out of having more of it than the other man. We say that people are proud of being rich or clever or good-looking, but they are not. They are proud of being more rich or more proud or more good-looking Uh, than the rest. It's the comparison that makes people proud. It's the pleasure of being above the rest. Now, we talked about what pride is. We talked about how it manifests itself. May I give you now uh, these five things, these five ways that pride will do you to ruin and devastate your life. Number one, pride defies God. Number one, pride defies God. Pride is a fist in the face of God. That's what pride is, and so we're going to be in the book of Proverbs, so if you just want to stay there in Proverbs, uh, we're going to go back and forth through the book of Proverbs because Proverbs gives us some wonderful lessons on the problem of pride. Look, if you will, in Proverbs uh, chapter 6 and verses 16 uh, through 19. Proverbs chapter 6. Everyone turn back. Let's hear the rustling of those pages. Proverbs chapter 6. Look at verse 16. I'll begin reading there for sake of time. Proverbs chapter six, verse 16. These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wickedness wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. Number one on God's hate parade is a proud look. God hates pride. Um, he, 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 he hates pride. And uh, verse five says, everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. That's strong language. And so if I'm proud, if you're proud, you are abominable. I am abominable to God. So listen to me. It was pride that made Lucifer, the son of the morning, into Satan, the father of the night. The national uh, religion of, of, of Satan's kingdom is pride, because that's what Satan's kingdom is built upon. No wonder pride defies God. When the apostle Paul was writing to a young pastor by the name of Timothy, the standard for a preacher, he said one of the things that's required for a minister in First Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse six, not a novice, not a beginner, lest with pride he fall into the condemnation of the devil. One of the prime requisites for a preacher, young or old, is humility. A wise man once said, nothing will keep a minister more out of the devil's reach than genuine humility. And the word of God says that he cannot be a novice. That is, he can't be new. He can't be untrained. uh, He cannot be unseasoned, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall under the condemnation of the devil. The same thing that made the devil, the devil. Why does God hate pride? Because it made the devil, the devil. Why does God hate pride? Pride ruined the human race. In the garden of Eden, when Satan came to tent Eve, do you think the temptation was to taste a particular kind of fruit? good night. The garden was filled with fruit. The the fruit was not the temptation. The temptation was Genesis chapter 3 verse 5. Take this, eat this fruit, and you're going to be just like God. It was the same thing, pride, that caused Satan to fall, the same thing that ruined the human race and brought sin into the world. No wonder pride defies God. Friend, look at all the heartache, all the tears, all the sorrow, all the pain, all the strife, all the war, all the pain, all the agony, all the shame, and you can say, pride did it. Pride did it. Pride wrecked the human race. I'm saying that God is against this matter of pride. And C.S. Lewis said, as long as you're proud, uh, you cannot know God. A proud man is always looking down on things and people. And as long as you're looking down, you cannot look up and see what is above." you. The man who's looking down on others is not looking up at God at the same time. Pride defies God. But uh, now I said we're going to stay in Proverbs, but here's an ancillary scripture that we cannot pass. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, the Bible says, God resisteth the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God lines himself in battle array against the proud. God resists the proud. Is that what God, or is that what you want God to do to you? Do you want God to resist you? I don't want God to resist me. He resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That is the first thing pride will do to destroy your life because pride defies God. Number two, pride defiles man. Pride defies God, but defiles and dirties man. Pride comes out of the heart and defiles the very heart of man. The seed of pride is in the heart. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 5, speaks of everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. And then in Proverbs 21, verse 4, a high look, a proud heart, and the plowing of the wicked is sin. That is a man who would plow his field without giving God thanks for the sun and the germinating qualities uh, uh, and for the rain. Uh, This individual is proud. He's self-sufficient. And so the Bible says if we have pride, if you have pride, even when you plow a field, that is sin. It just defiles man. Where does this pride come from? Friend, we are born with pride. We all struggle with pride. Mark 7:21. from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride. That all comes out of my heart, that all comes out of your heart. And so little children, controversial but true, even kids are born with pride in their heart. You don't, you don't believe that? Then you, uh, what you got to do, you got to take a little child and surround him with toys. Okay? Surround him with more toys than he needs. And he's not playing with them, but let another mother bring their child into the room and uh, put her little baby on the floor and let that little baby over there pick up one of those toys. And what's gonna happen is your kid is gonna jump up and he's gonna bop that other kid on the head and take their toy away from them. <laughs> so children are born with pride and ego and selfishness in their hearts. I hate to tell you folks, but it's true. It all comes out of my heart and your heart. You think these things are learned, they're not learned. They're part of human nature. Jesus said they come out of the heart. Now, think of this. If you see an apple with a wormhole in it, you know the old saying, right? What's worse than finding a worm in your apple is finding half a worm. And so you see that wormhole and you ask yourself, how did that worm get into that apple? I read this. It's very interesting. Uh, The worm uh, uh, did not bore into the apple. The, The worm was actually boring its way out of the apple. Because the egg was laid in the blossom. The the worm hatched inside the apple and made its way out. And that pride that has come out of us, folks, it was in the blossom. It was on the inside and just makes its way out. It was on the inside and makes its way out, out of the heart, Jesus said. These things And so pride defies God, pride defiles man, and it's the very reason every person in this building, if he's not been saved, needs to be born again. And because it is when we're born the first time that we were born with a nature that is inclined to pride. And I hope all of us can understand that this evening. Number three, we're we're talking about Five ways that pride will destroy you. Five ways that pride will destroy me. Number three, pride defies or divides society. Pride divides society. Pride defies God. Pride defiles man and it divides society. I'm gonna tell you something and you may disagree with me for a moment, but there's never been a war. There's never been an argument. There's never been a divorce. There's never been a church split. Uh, that pride was not the major factor. Let me say that again. Uh, uh, There's never been an argument, never been a war, never been a divorce or church split where pride was not the main problem. And you say, Pastor Kevin, Brother Kevin, is it even possible to prove that? Can you prove that? Yes, I can. Because Proverbs 13, verse 10 says, only by pride cometh contention. Only by pride cometh contention. Proverbs 28, verse 25 he that is of a proud heart stirreth up strife. And so that's obvious. If God resists the proud, then the proud man is out of fellowship with God. And any man, any woman, any boy, any girl um, that's out of fellowship with God is going to also be out of fellowship, out of sync with other people. It follows as night follows day, as Tuesday follows Monday. And so pride divides society. Our arguments, are about pride. The arguments we have with other people are ego against ego listen to this this is really important there are no problems that are too big to solve there's just people too small to solve them there are no problems too big to be solved just people too small to solve them and if you put the problem out in the middle and attack the problem rather uh, than the person and one another then we can solve the problem but many times we're not trying to solve the problem we're trying to win the argument and you know it's true and that's pride that's pride in my life and your life and you know when i when i've had disagreement with other people I'll, I'll go away for a little bit and maybe i'll lick my wounds and soak a while and pray a while and then i finally say okay i'll analyze it and you know what the problem is in those situations it's my pride it's my pride that's it god says kevin you are proud And it doesn't matter whether you're right or wrong. It doesn't matter whether I'm right or wrong. I might be right in these situations, but I'm still the problem because of my attitude, which is pride. And boy, it hurts and feels so good at the same time to go and say I was wrong. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And were it not for the grace of God, I couldn't do that because of a natural inclination in my heart and your heart for pride. Only by pride cometh contention. Many of us struggle with an eye disease. I'm not talking like an eye disease, but eye, 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 eye. We're obsessed with ourselves. If there's any contention in your home, put it down big, plain, and straight. Pride is the issue. Only by pride cometh contention. I again want to remind you that the problem here is ego against ego. If you take ego off the throne and enthrone Jesus Christ, things will get a lot better. Pride is the chief cause of misery in society. What is the problem between races? We can put it down in one word. It's pride. It's racial pride. No matter what color you are, that that is the problem. Uh, and God is dead set against it. Now, number four, here's the fourth way, the fourth thing that pride does. Pride dishonors life. Pride dishonors life. Let me tell you a great irony. Do you know what the proud person wants? What the proud person is wanting? Uh, He's wanting praise, right? He's wanting honor. He's wanting esteem. That is the very thing a proud person wants. What does he get through pride? He gets dishonor. He gets dishonor because pride dishonors life. Turn to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. Everyone turning together. Proverbs chapter 11. And look at verse two. When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly there is wisdom. There's not a person in here that wants shame. What does the proud man want? He doesn't want shame. He wants honor, but he doesn't get it. Put down Proverbs 15, verse 33. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. Humility comes before honor, but not pride. Jesus taught us very clearly, very plainly, that the way up is down. The way up is down, and the way down is up. Remember, God hates pride. It's number one on his list. Why does God hate pride? Let me tell you how the devil became the devil. How Satan became Satan. I'm going to read to you from Isaiah uh, chapter number uh, 14 and verse 13 and uh, reading up to verse 16. Isaiah 14, 13 through 16. God is speaking to Lucifer. He says, thou who said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will ascend unto heaven. Listen to that perpendicular pronoun, I. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the congregation, uh, in the mounts of the congregation, in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. And they that uh, see, thee shall narrowly look upon thee. That is, they're going to have to squint in order to even see you. And consider thee saying, is this the man that made the earth to tremble and did shake kingdoms? Here is Satan saying, I am going to be like the most high. Up, I'm going up, 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 up. I, 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 I. And God says, you're going down, 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 down. And we're going to look at him and say, is that the devil? is that Satan? No, Satan is going down. And I want to tell you today, uh, we're going to say, I can hardly see the devil. I I can't see him at all. Is that him? That's him? (laughs) Uh, What is our Lord saying? He's saying, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, uh, uh, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, made himself of no reputation, and, and, and took upon him the form of a servant. And God's given him a name which is above every name. That the, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Celestial knees will bow, terrestrial knees will bow, infernal knees will bow, angels, humans, and devils will bow before the Lord of lords and the King of kings. Listen, because when we follow Jesus Christ in genuine humility, rather than Satan and his arrogancy you're going to be given in the days to come. Let this, don't, don't let this go past. You're going to be given in the days to come a greater position than Satan ever had before he fell. And probably because uh, 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 it is because we follow Jesus Christ. God is going to give to us, his saints, a greater position than Satan ever had before he fell. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3, that we will judge angels. Satan is a fallen angel. The Bible says we'll judge angels. And the very thing that people want, they lose. Pride dishonors life. Let me tell you all a, a story, a make-believe story, okay? There was a frog who was living in the cold mud of Minnesota. And he saw some Canadian geese flying in the sky. He says, I want to be just like those geese. He said, where are you guys going? Uh, those geese said, we're going south for the winter. He said, I want to go with you. And the geese said, well, you don't have any wings. He said, the, the frog says, what, but I do have an idea. What I'm going to do, I'm going to take this twig and you, the big goose over there on the right, you're going to, you're going to hold the right side and you, the big goose on the left, you're going to hold the twig on the other side. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to put this twig in between my mouth and you're going to fly way up to and we're going to go all the way to the south. And you're going to take me home to where you guys live. And the, the, the geese thought to themselves, well, is that going to work? The frog said, oh, we got to give it a try. And so uh, there they are. They flap their wings. And they're going high, high above everything. And so the frog sees the world. And the frog sees everything. And he starts to see, uh, think uh, to himself, wow, we are going south all the way from Minnesota, now going south. And over Indiana, a farmer looked up and he saw two geese with a stick and a frog. And he said, would you look at that? That is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I wonder whose idea that was. And the frog said, mine. He opened his mouth and the frog came tumbling down because pride dishonors life. Pride his life. Last of all, here is the fifth thing that pride will do. Pride destroys souls. Pride populates hell. Pride uh, destroys everything it controls. It's the road to ruin. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 25, the Lord will destroy the house of the proud. Proverbs 16, verses 18 and 19, pride, pride goes before destruction, uh, 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 an arrogant spirit before a fall. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, but before honor is humility. No one can be saved apart from the grace of God, but the Bible says God gives grace to the humble. Pride is the road to ruin, whether it's national ruin or something else. Canada is a proud nation. What a proud nation we are. And God says in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin, will heal their land. There's national ruin and domestic ruin that pride causes. There are congregations that family that have families that are breaking apart. Why? Pride, as I've already said. Financial ruin. Um, uh, what, what happens is if we get into financial bondage, it is because you, uh, we look at other people, and we, we try to keep up with the Joneses, and our neighbors are buying things we can't afford, and we think we need to uh, keep up to stay up. And so uh, what can happen uh, next after financial ruin, we can have emotional ruin. And if you're a proud person, your emotions are going to be controlled by your circumstances. If you don't have the right car, if you don't have the right clothes, if you don't have the right decorations, if you don't have the right this or that, or emotionally, whatever, It's gonna get to you. But friend, primarily it is spiritual ruin and eternal ruin. There is often a problem where people are too big for God to use. You can be too big for God to use, but you can never be too small for God to use. But pride destroys souls because pride is filling hell. Do you remember the story from Luke chapter number 18, uh, verses nine through 14? Uh, where Jesus was talking about those, the, 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 those uh, people who went to the temple. There was one publican and one Pharisee. Uh, remember, the publicans were like the, 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 uh, the CRA or the IRS of the day, right? They were the tax collectors. But they were crooked and they were very dishonest. And so the ancient Jews hated them because they worked for Rome and Israel had been occupied by the Roman government and Roman law. And so to say uh, uh, publicans in that day, what was almost a word of common condemnation or scorn. And so this publican went to pray and a Pharisee. And the Pharisees were the religious of the religious. Uh, a Pharisee wouldn't even eat an egg that was laid on Saturday, okay? If a mosquito was biting a Pharisee on the Sabbath on Saturday, he wouldn't slap it because he couldn't go hunting on the Sabbath. If he got a tack in his shoe, he would always pull it out before Saturday, lest he be accused of carrying a burden on the Sabbath. So religious were they. And this Pharisee is praying, and he's saying, Father God, I. And if you notice in the the passage, uh, he's saying, uh, it's saying he prayed with himself. That is, God wasn't hearing his prayer. He said, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. I thank you that I'm not like this publican. And the publican smote his breast and wouldn't even lift his eyes toward heaven. He said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, the sinner, the chief of sinners. And Jesus said, two men went to church that day, one man went home dignified, and the other other man, he went home justified. There are very nice people, very cultured people, who will look around to see if there are any other people who are responding to when the preacher asks about an invitation, or asks people to raise hands, or whatever. Just remember that God resists the proud, and he gives grace the humble. The the grace of God is sufficient for everyone today. There's no one so bad that God cannot save him. And I don't care what you've done. Uh, I'll tell you on the authority of the word of God, on the blood of Jesus Christ, uh, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son it cleanses us from all our sin. You can take it to the bank. And if you want to be saved, it, it is all through Jesus. God will save you instantaneously. He will keep you eternally. No one here is so bad that God cannot save them. Another thing, no one is so good that they cannot be saved, that they need not be saved. No one is so good that they need not be saved. There are about 8 billion people on the face of this earth. If you were to take all 8 billion people and line them up and extract from each of those 8 billion people any so-called goodness that is in any of them and take uh, all of those qualities out of those eight billion people and combine them into one individual, that one individual would still have to kneel at the cross to be saved. No one is so bad that they cannot be saved. No one so good that they need not be saved. And if you have not done this before, I'm gonna ask those of you listening to make a wonderful decision. If you hadn't done it before, I'm gonna ask you to lay your intellectual pride In the dust to lay your moral pride in the dust and I'm gonna ask you openly and publicly to do what millions and millions have done and give your heart to Jesus Christ and just come as you are without one plea but that his blood was shed for you would you bow your heads in prayer let's pray every head bowed every eye closed no one's looking around except for me if you're not certain that you're saved and you'd like to be saved, wouldn't you like to know that? Would you like to know that you have eternal life? Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. If you pray something like this, dear God, I know that you love me. Thank you for loving me. I know you want to save me from the wrath of God, from the anger of God, you want to save me from hell. Jesus, you are God. You died to save me and you promised to save me if I would depend on you. Jesus, I do depend on you. I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you paid for my sin with your blood on the cross. I believe that you came back to life, that God the Father raised you from the dead, and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive my sin, cleanse me, come into my life, take control of my life, and begin today to make me the person you want to be. And Jesus, give me the courage to make it public. Help me to never be ashamed of you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, if you pray that prayer, every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, if you pray that prayer and you meant it from your heart, you are a Christian. But it's not about repeating, repeating words. It's about understanding what you just said. We have men and we have ladies in this room with God's word in their hands and his love in their hearts that can show you from the word of God. If you do not understand what just happened or, 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 or what, I, what I just talked about, uh, we, we, we have people, we have Christians in this room that can show you how you can become a Christian. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, none of us are perfect. We are all sinners, but for the grace of God, we'd be like anybody else but we're just beggars showing other beggars how to get bread. Lord, pride is a sin that we all struggle with. Lord, I pray that you would deliver us from pride. You deliver us from evil. Help us to look to you. Help us to be focused on you. You say in your word that wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. And Lord, if there's anyone in this room who is not yet a Christian, is not saved, Lord, I pray that they would make that decision today, tonight, or at least this week, and they would listen uh, to what, Uh, the gospel has to say about their life, Lord, and the good news of Jesus Christ, how they can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Lord, do we thank you for your word? I pray that you deliver us from pride and help us to be humble men and humble women, boys and girls that trust in you alone for our salvation, for our sanctification, and for our growth in our Christian life. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, God's people said, amen. At this time, we are going to turn off the live stream. Just want to say goodbye to our viewers at home and encourage you to pray uh, on, your, on your own. And thank you so much for joining us this evening. And so grateful that uh, you all in the auditorium have been able to be with us.